Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. Uh, this is the show where we bring on a cool guest to uh, let them talk about something cool that they're working on. And today's cool guest is Justin Forkner with Mage Hand Press. And the cool thing that we're going to be talking about is the upcoming Dark Matter Starter Set. Welcome, Justin. Hi, I'm glad to be here, Tom. Uh, I am really glad to have you because uh, when we got connected, I'm like, what is this dark matter thing? <laughs> and I start looking at this dark matter thing. This is science fiction, and I really like science fiction. So I am really excited to, to talk about this cool game. It's got a lot of great art, a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, but before we really dive in, uh, Justin, we're going to talk about you, okay? All right. All right. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna get we're gonna get down to the deep stuff. Uh, or really, no, it's you're a you're one of the members of Mage Hand Press, right? Yeah. Uh, so I joined the team in 2018, in the middle of the last Kickstarter, um, and kind of took over the social media. And every now and then, they let me do some writing for fun. <laughs> you know, mix mix it up a little bit. <laughs> so, so what exactly is? Uh, we obviously kind of everybody kind of assumes. Um, Mage Hand Press, a publisher. You guys do some RPG stuff, but what is Mage Hand Press? Uh, so Mage Hand Press, we are a group of people that really like 5e uh, as a core system, but realize that there's so much more it could be doing. So we've been, you know, working as a third-party publisher, making our own stuff uh, for a while. For the longest time, we were mainly known for producing our base classes. I think we're up to 10 base classes that we've written at this point so uh in addition to a ton of subclasses okay but yeah just a group of friends who ended up making a business together after homebrewing on giant in the playground and then a blog and then patreon and now our own store oh wow you so you go back to giant okay mm -hmm. all right cool uh so Justin, then, so you talk about you talk about five E. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about and what Mage Hand Press is doing. But what's your past experience like with RPGs? How do you go from just somebody who's playing RPGs to actively creating stuff in the hobby? Take us all the way back. What was that first experience with tabletop RPGs? All right. Um, so I started. D&D uh, &D in 2004, but before that, in like fifth and sixth grade, I would, I didn't realize I was making like tabletop and role playing games and whatnot, but I would have people like draw out ships and whatnot, and they would like form teams to, you know, like there's the captain, the first mate, etc. And I don't remember any of the stuff that I created with this, but... We, I had people play and pretend with spaceships that they that they drew <laughs> back in the day. And then when I was invited to the RPG club, uh, you know, fast forwarding to high school uh, in 2004, I was just like, well, this sounds cool. And it was, of course, you know, it was always D&D 3.5, a uh, little bit of um, mage and changeling and vampire as well. But, you know... D&D has always been the big elephant in the room. Um, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're in high school. You got to at least try mm -hmm. a vampire in those, <laughs> you know, get that edge out, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. You had to, had to do the whole angst thing and whatnot. So much angst. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 
So then, Mage Hand Press. How did you get involved then with Mage Hand Press? All right. So fast. So been you know playing like I said since two thousand four. I actually am probably one of the few people that played Fourth Edition and uh, enjoyed it. It had flaws. It had flaws. Yeah. It had a lot of them. Um, some of them got better as they released new books. Others were never fixed. But this isn't fourth edition talk, so I won't go into that. But as we as we switched into fifth edition, there was an immediate like for me awareness that there was a very limited amount of options in fifth edition. I mean, it was a new system, so it made sense. Mm-hmm. It was to be expected. And then books kept not coming out. So eventually, I started. Um, like I'd always done like homebrew items and monsters and stuff in three, when I would DM in 3.5 and 4E. So I, you know, would do it for the table and fifth edition because we, we needed it. There wasn't sources. So I ended up starting doing subclasses and things like that as well. Now, none of this was, you know, particularly, it was balanced, but not polished in a, in a way that, uh, should be released to the public because it's not the proper wording style guide, blah, blah, blah. Um, but eventually I'm playing in a campaign. The Artificers come out, the first iteration of it. And I'm playing this Dwarven crafter that I'm really excited about the character. But every time that we enter combat, I want to scream because it's so boring. And then the every time that we're in downtime, it's just like, yeah, I want to like do like the whole thing where like I'm a crafter. Oh, wait, I yeah. can't. Um and that led me to looking for artificer fixes on just Googling it, checking the DMs Guild, um, Reddit, etc. And I stumbled upon uh, a blog called Middle Finger Vecna, um, which then le- led me to the Mage Chain Press um, Patreon where I found the Craftsman class, which was what I wanted to play in the beginning. Someone who is an expert at crafting, they can customize equipment, this, that, or the other. Their whole their whole shtick is um, make cool stuff, share with your friends. And I immediately switched from the Artificer to that and loved it. Became a super fan, joined the Discord and whatnot. Uh, we're, you know, the the, peop- the writers and stuff would hang out with all the, like, the patron uh, patrons and stuff on, on the Patreon. Um, when the Kickstarter finally launched, like they'd released a hundred and something pages of dark matter, um, that was kind of cool, but it was like, definitely like there's way more room for stuff. Uh, so when the Kickstarter launched and it was going to be the first physical book because Mage and Press had been dealing exclusively in PDFs for a long time, uh, I was very excited. And in the first week of the Kickstarter, it had not hit its funding goal. Now, I have some background from previous work experience in my professional life where I knew how to, you know, market and do, you know, social marketing, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, all right, here's a 10-step plan to make sure that this thing gets funded. And they didn't do it. And then so, uh, like a day later, I go, hey, so I've simplified the plan. Here's five steps you need to do. (laughs) Um, They still didn't do it. So then I'm uh, eventually just because like this thing is not going to get funded. It's kind of like petered out at, you know, $20,000. Um, it's got to hit 25000 just to get funded. 
And then uh, probably two, two, two and a half weeks into the Kickstarter, I just kind of like, I'm kind of annoyed because I know this thing's going to fail. And it's like, dang it, I want this book. So I'm just like, hey, if you're not going to do the marketing, if you're not going to do the social media stuff, just let me do it for you. And Mike said, sure, fine. Uh, I guess he got tired of me just messaging him constantly, telling him how to get his project funded. <laughs> we, I took the project from it wasn't going to get funded, so we hit every stretch goal. Uh, we raised 40000 I built a social uh, network for, uh, you know, mainly on Twitter, uh, started working uh, kind of like in community engagement with streamers and stuff like that uh, to spread the word about Mage Chain Press and all the cool stuff we do. Started solidifying the brand. Uh, for example, there used to be a, a YouTube channel. Unfortunately, we just lost time, but it was called Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. There was the blog, which had no references to Mage Hand Press. It was just Middle Finger of Vecna. The Patreon was split in naming between Mage Hand Press and Middle Finger of Vecna. Uh, and I've, some of the work I did was consolidating that, building the social, getting the Kickstarter funded. They were so happy with what I did. I get I got to uh, keep the keys and keep doing things. Uh, <laughs> They're like, Justin, mm-hmm. please come work for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, never should annoying someone into giving you a job should that should never work. But it, I lucked into it working uh, <laughs> this time. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's 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 definitely a testament to what you did because mm-hmm. like you said the kickstarter was for the original dark matter was uh, more than successful mm-hmm. and i am so glad it was successful because going through going through it it's just mm-hmm. it's got great art mm-hmm. it's got good it's got good layout mm-hmm. it's got all sorts of cool stuff the lore seems amazing mm-hmm. so that's super cool. That's that's so funny. Uh, you hear you heard it here, folks. Um, go ahead if you want a job in RPGs. Just go ahead and you know, kick down the door and you know. <laughs> All right. Um, no, that works for Justin. That will not work for everyone. Yeah. So anyway, I also got to say, like the the success of that Kickstarter had very little to do with me. Basically, I was just saying, hey, look, everyone, this book is cool. Um, and the book, I mean, the book sells itself. You've seen the art. Uh, you've seen the writing it it doesn't take much to sell a good product you just have to show it to people (laughs) that's right you there is something to be said about that especially in tabletop Mm -hmm. rpgs uh the community is is small um it's a it's not a it's not a small um it's it's not a huge market so it's Honestly, one really loud voice mm-hmm. is sometimes all it takes for everybody to hear about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you did was was super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, that's a really that's a really fun story. <laughs> Thank so you. So before we, um, all right. So dark matter. It's a what is the give us the what is the elevator? Because we know that dark matter. It was a previous Kickstarter for a big old book. But what is before we talk about the dark matter starter set? What's just the elevator pitch for dark matter? Okay, so you've heard you know the Arthur C. Clarke quote, you know, uh, sufficiently advanced technologies indistinguishable from magic. Um, dark matter was developed with the idea that sufficiently advanced magic is indistinguishable from technology. So all that to say is 
Blasters are actually just really complicated ones that anyone can use. Ships are powered by um, dark matter engines that are stabilized through arcane energies. In fact, they can be uh, replenished by wizards giving up spell slots to, you know, jump across the universe faster. Um, the the entire world, uh, with the exception of the gnomes, uh, are entirely dependent on magic to travel through space, uh, weaponize their, um, their armies, uh, this, that, and the other. Like, everything is just, you know, magic. But it looks like technology because it's just, uh, you know, you kind of see this in Eberron where um, magic becomes more and more prevalent, uh, prevalent where um, it's not necessarily more powerful magic in Eberron than than in Forgotten Realms. It's just more widely available. And then Dark Matter just kind of kicks that up to the extreme by about a thousand. Um, So there's there's some Spelljammer vibes. There's, you know, that like Eberron taken to the extreme vibes. Uh, A lot of people, when they look at uh, Dark Matter, they might see Mass Effect or they might see Red Dwarf or um, I've I've heard every comparison and I love it. I was definitely getting some Mass Effect vibes. Uh, that's funny that you say that um, just by scrolling through some of the art. Mm. But I have to ask you then. So it's science fiction. Mm. You're 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 creating this science fiction, this science fantasy world. Mm. So, all right, what is your favorite piece of science fiction or science fantasy pop culture? Whether it's a movie, a comic book. Uh, a, a, a book, some music, anything. What what would you say is like? I know it's hard to pick <laughs> one, but I want you to pick one. What is the what what is it? So, I've been getting this question a lot, so I've had to like put a lot of thought into it. Okay. And, you know, three or four years ago, I would have told you, you know, probably one of the most stereotypical answers, you know, Star Wars original trilogy. Um, okay. If I grew up, my dad would take me to the movie theater every year because there was a May the 4th celebration that would do um, all three films on May 4th, 5th, and 6th. And like, so there's a whole lot of nostalgia like baked in there. But, oh my gosh, The Expanse. When I, fu- when I discovered that, my mind was blown. I love it so much. That's so funny. <laughs> it's... I've had several guests on, <laughs> most recently James and Tricasso, where they everybody always says the expanse. And so it's so funny that you say it because people, it is so good. Bless you, Justin. All right. So um, another super fan over here. Yeah. So Expanse is super cool. Uh, I, I'm glad that makes me more confident in Dark Matter that some of the people working on it like the expanse. All right. So uh, with that said, though, uh, we've talked about uh, what the elevator pitch for Dark Matter is, and you kind of explained the how it everything is still kind of magic. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the uh, principal creators on Dark Matter is um, Mike Hollick. Mm-hmm. Have where did this idea for Dark Matter come from? Why did Mike and the rest of the team say Dark Matter is something that needs to exist? So. Um... 
the team again. This is uh, a little bit before I got involved, but I've I've heard been I've heard the story. Uh, one of the our former writers, who's unfortunately no longer uh, with us, he works at Tesla. He's too busy uh, <laughs> to uh, write anymore. But um, he was running a home campaign called Dark Matter, which. Uh, was supposed to just be the name of campaign. It, it was never supposed to be the name of the final product. Um, okay. But they, they had a lot of fun, and they had already been dabbling around. Like, we have uh, Fae Folio, which is, you know, uh, take D&D and put it in the Feywild. They, they had the high seas where it's like, hey, you know, let's do pirate D&D. A um, couple others like that, where it, there's real, a weird west, cowboy D&D. Um, and so, like, when it when they played the campaign and stuff, they were just like, let's do sci-fi D&D. This is pretty great. And it was so popular on the Patreon when it came out that it was just like, well, of course we've got to make, you know, this our first Kickstarter. Um, because it just really resonated with our, at the time, our core audience. So what about, what about D&D, especially 5th edition? Do you think, how does it fit so well with dark matter and then why is why is D D? why is that the vehicle for dark matter i mean there's there's a couple of reasons why D D slash 5e are the the vehicle for dark matter one is um you know there is the logistical thing of like you know if, if we're being honest with ourselves 5e is the biggest pro- you know game in the room and convincing someone to learn a new system uh to buy your product can oftentimes be a bit of a stretch. There are definitely people that are willing to do that and happy to do that, but by and large, the masses have time to learn one system. And for the longest yep. time, I mean, I, I know more systems now because I've been on some guest streams where I was more or less uh, forced to learn new games and whatnot, which I'm happy I did. I've enjoyed all of them that I've played so far. Um, but we, we also know that like a lot of people just don't have time to learn uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. Like, Powered by the Apocalypse is really easy, but, like, if you already know D&D and you don't have time to learn even a relatively intuitive system like Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, Dark Matter is just like, oh, hey, I already know this, so I can just play this. And what's neat about D&D is, is that it is flexible, and while it isn't, you know, necessarily the perfect system, it's a system that's very easy to... Um, plug and play on like whether or not they actually delivered on the promise of a completely modular 5e system like they were talking about in DD next uh the way that they've set it up the system it is actually very easy to for third-party creators creators to come in and shift the genre of the game through adding just a couple of rules like our blasters um do you know two dice of damage each but they don't add ability score modifier damage. Now, watching Mike figure out the math to make sure that these are balanced, and he's he's a mathematician, so um, uh, by profession, and so all of his, the math he was doing was like way over my head. But you know, calculating for probability, for critical damage, for average damage, minimum damage, and all that stuff to make sure that it worked out where it was appropriate compared to and could be used side-by-side side next to a battle axe was hilarious in its own right, but, um, it you know, that rule is two sentences for for the player once, once we figured out how to do it. 
And that's what makes 5e really great for writing for, is you can you can add two sentences to a game and suddenly you have a completely new system that works in 5e. Mm-hmm. There is so much to what you just said. And one of the things I want to kind of, you, you said it, it's fifth edition. It's, it's, it's not perfect. And, but one of the things that it, it's almost a, it's almost a, a benefit through its failure mm-hmm. in the sense that it, like you said, it allows third party publishers like yourself mm-hmm. to take it, to use it and to fix it mm-hmm. how they want to do it and to ride those coattails. I'm sorry, but there's no shame for the capturing the, the market and, mm-hmm. um, and using it. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, no, I, I think those are perfectly um, valid reasons to use it. Plus, you've already said you like it. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to design in something that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, absolutely. I think um, uh, the motto over here is, you know, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. So, mm-hmm. no, I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on it. Absolutely. So, but, so talking about the, let's dive right into what we really want to talk about is the Dark Matter starter set. So I'm a sucker for starter sets. If it comes in a box and it usually has some dice in it and some other stuff in it, I'm probably going to buy it because I just <laughs> love them. I love them. They're so cool. It's like a board game on my board game shelf, but it's an RPG. So what was what was the idea? Who's like sitting at the table and it's like, you know what? You know what, folks? We need a starter set for Dark Matter. What was the what was the idea for like bringing a Dark Matter starter set? So we're at C two E two, and there's a lot of people that are coming to our booth now. Critical roles there, so there's a lot of D and D people there. Which uh, historically, you know, outside of 2019, uh, no, no, those 20, uh, that was 2020. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, time is you know. Time is uh, weird. weird now. Uh, there are no days, only moons, <laughs> or something like that. But um, for we were at C2E2 most recently, Critical Roles there, so they bring the D&D crowd, which is why we were there in the first place. And a lot of people, they pick up Dark Matter and, that aren't already you know uh, involved with D&D, and they're like, this is really cool. Um, do... Does this book operate on its own? It's like, no, this book operates on top of, you know, 5e. You know, if you don't have the player's handbook, you can download the SRD for free um, and operate with that to use all of the subclasses and stuff in there. And they're like, uh, no, I, I would rather have, like, you know, just all in one thing, which I totally get. Mm-hmm. Which there's actually a, a whole discussion I, that I can talk about on my philosophy be- between a 5e product and a D&D product. But um, what, what we realized is there is a huge market for people who um, want to play a game like Dark Matter. Uh, and the games that are already out there aren't satisfying them for some reason or another. But they also don't want to spend $120 uh, getting the three core books for 5e. And also the SRD is you know, a hundred something page PDF that isn't searchable, has no table of contents and stuff like that. So it's not exactly user friendly. So when, when we saw that and we saw like countless times where people were ready to throw down the book, you know, money on the book until they realized that 
the book doesn't work for them, we, we were like, okay, so we need a starter kit. And we realized that we could also make the starter kit work for veterans too. Um, because we've never released an adventure before in the Dark Matter universe. This gives us an opportunity to expand the lore, which the people already familiar with the game are. We set up the D&D basic rules that are going to be included in the kit so that they function both as, you know, here's kind of a new player's guide on how to play D&D in space, but also it works fantastically as a quick reference book so that when you're sitting at the table with, you know, a bunch of people, if everyone has a copy of Dark Matter, I mean, it's it's a thick book. And I, I know how troublesome it is with just the core books sitting at the table. So having that quick reference guide where you don't need to have the player's handbook and the uh, and the Dark Matter book and all that stuff at the table made a lot of sense to just have this 60-page document that teach new players how to, you know, play the game for veterans, quick reference anytime you need to do a rules check, and have an adventure for both, you know, if you're new to DMing and you don't want to create your own story, or if you have been around forever, but you're just really excited about Dark Matter lore, um, you know, it was it would be a product that would work for both. Gotcha. Yeah, there's something to be said about a starter set that is just, it's so good for new players. It's actually how I got into Dungeons & Dragons was through the 5th edition starter set. And then since then, I've played so many different systems, Mm -hmm. but the ones that me and my players will actually run a small campaign through have Mm -hmm. been the ones that have starter sets. So obviously the D&D starter set, the Legends of the Five Rings starter set, Mm -hmm. the Star Wars starter set, the Paranoia (laughs) starter set. So all these starter sets, they're just so good Mm -hmm. because it's just you pick it up, you open it up, and it's everything you need, including dice. You guys have dice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. in this oh we've got everybody loves dice we yeah, exactly yeah everyone loves dice uh i am definitely a part of the dice goblin horde um i like my math click clacks uh, okay <laughs> but so we included dice but we also wanted to make sure we included um a two-sided battle map and tokens so that you know if you don't want to do theater of the mind if you do want to use a grid it's available um some pre-generated characters which I really like what we're doing with these pregens where the entire class is on the character sheet so that as as you're looking at it, you don't have to ever reference anything else other than that sheet. Um, it makes it just That's awesome. Mm-hmm, makes it a lot easier to for new players to learn um, their characters. And hey, even me as a veteran player, like, playtesting our pregen characters it's been so much easier to just never have to go all right so uh how what exactly is the wording on this thing again um yeah that's (laughs) what the that's what fantasy flight does with all of their starter boxes they just (laughs) the character sheet has it's that some nice art on (laughs) it and it just has all the everything that you need to play that character so that's that's super cool uh what what other kind of goodies are included in that starter set um so yeah i already mentioned the map and the tokens the pregens there's also going to be a uh, in the dice there's also going to be like an introduction handout to just like you know here's a quick breakdown of uh the verse um uh, the factions within dark matter and a couple things like that to hand out to players so that they're not just 
going in completely blind. They have an idea of what the world would be like around them. And the thing I'm most excited about, other than the adventure, is the GM screen. Um, I The art isn't finalized for it yet, but I've seen like the... Um, you know, it, it hasn't been fully rendered yet, but like the colors, the sketch has been done. It's been, they've added the colors to it. They just need to, you know, give it that extra shine. And I'm just, I'm so ready for it to be done. It looks beautiful. Um, and I, I wasn't super into DM screens until I bought, um, until I bought one most recently for 5e that was, gosh, I can't remember... It wasn't one of the official ones. It was it was a third party one. I can't remember who did it, um, but it was so good. And it was just having those rules behind it, it, you know, where you can just like, all right, improvise damage or you know this or that or another. Mm-hmm. Just saved me so much time when I would DM that I I kind of got addicted to them. So now with with us having our own, I'm very excited about it because it looks pretty. I know that it's going to allow DMs to, you know, have, again, something that they can quickly reference so that they can keep the game running without skipping a beat. And also there's always the fun thing of the players don't know what you rolled. (laughs) There's so much stuff. The one thing I don't think you really mentioned, though, was the adventure. Oh, I thought I had. I got so caught up in everything. Maybe else. you kind of briefly talked mm-hmm. about it, but one of the the mm-hmm. um, all right. Also, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Uh, for all anybody else who's making uh, making anything related to tabletop RPGs, uh, I will tell you this. Justin, when we got connected, he sent me a press kit that had all of this information <laughs> about everything, and everybody else, please please do this. Uh, It was so helpful. And one of the things that it talks about on there. Okay. So one of the things that it uh, mentioned was the Neo Noir Mm -hmm. adventure. I'm a sucker for anything that says noir. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's Neo or post or, but what is this adventure all about? Okay. So uh, yes, I am very excited about this adventure. I, I uh, don't know how I didn't mention it earlier. <laughs> or not. I think into you it. did. I just want to know more. Oh, no, totally fair. So Conspiracy in the Stars is this um, this mystery adventure where you're thrown into this chaos between uh, in Port Nomad. Um, there is a, a gnome inventor, Professor Orn, who has you know, announced that he's invented something amazing and the the party happens to be there and some things happen. I don't want to, you know, spoil too much, but you end up uh, on a pretty exciting adventure through the port and uh, through some uh, space fights as well, trying to protect the professor and uh, the thing that he's invented uh, while trying to figure out who's done what and why. Yeah, I was getting it's the whole, the whole mystery element up to it is just so great. And then also, I'm not sure if this is actually part of the, but whenever I think of noir, look, I don't, we don't, um, we don't, you know, propose, you know, going out and smoking or anything. But that art mm. of that eagle or that bird mm. smoking is mm. just like smoking that cigarette is just like it is so 
futuristic mm. but noir and i was getting some dick tracy vibes and i was digging it mm. so so much good art yeah i could talk about the game the art for this <laughs> game so much it's just it really is you all need to go check this out but let's stick to the starter set mm. what are the classes because everybody all right Dungeons and Dragons fans, they always want to know about what classes can we be? Mm-hmm. So are there new classes that are going to be included in the starter set? Or what are some of the subclasses, if not new classes that are included in the starter set? So uh, Dark Matter or you know, has a ton of new subclasses in it, as well as a new base class called the Gadgeteer. Um, and some of those subclasses in the original book are referenced some classes that we actually do make uh, freely available on the blog um, but the starter kit is going to have some pre-generated characters with everything you need to play on them um, for a number of different characters now we've settled on four of them uh, so far and that's going to be the barbarian the path of the wrecker and so essentially a barbarian that's really good at breaking stuff um, they you know they don't like tech they don't like uh, inanimate objects and they run right through them we have uh, the Gadgeteer, which is one of the class that was in, introduced in the original Dark Matter book. And there's a subclass called the Futurist, who essentially, um, they they run like AI um, uh, programs to essentially kind of like uh, modify their um, ability. You could think, you could think um, Soldier 76's tactical uh, visor. You could think of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda with like the SAM system and things like that. Okay. Um, for kind of like what the that class is going to be doing. Um, we have a warlock who's made a pact with um, a star, and so oh, that's that's my jam. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and uh, to be clear, this isn't like you know. So I know, like, the old name for the Great Old One was, like, you know, the star. What This is not uh, Far Realm, to be clear. This is, no, you made a pact with a sun somewhere. And so now you can start, like, radiating light, and you can essentially start doing things like create auras of damage over time, but you're also getting damaged because you were burning yourself up while doing it. It's, it's a nice. lot of fun. Oh, that's super edgy. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, And then finally, a class that's available on our blog for free, uh, the Gunslinger. Uh, We introduced a subclass, again, in the original Dark Matter called the Space Cowboy. And the... uh, That's one of the pre-gen characters that we have, and uh, they're pretty fun. They're uh, you know, kind of what the name suggests. They very much feel kind of like that... uh, a little bit of Star-Lord, a little bit of Captain Mal uh, from Firefly, uh, where they're, you know, they're a gunslinger, but they have some fun sci-fi tricks up their sleeve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those all sound super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of cool stuff that's going to be included in this starter set. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about briefly was the, how do ships work in this game? Because I'm okay. always intrigued by how starships and ships work in science fiction settings. Ships work in our system. We try and we tried to make sure that it felt as much like five E combat as possible, uh, while okay. at the same time also legitimately feeling like being on a ship. So as we 
uh, you know, kind of looked at 5e and just kind of like dug into like what makes 5e 5e. Because, um, you know, sometimes you have to kind of like re- go back to the basics and kind of just refresh yourself. One of the things that is very, very clear in the design of 5e is it should be simple and, you know, relatively easy to do. So what we've done is each person picks a role, you know, we're being super creative, you know, breaking some ground here. Uh, uh, you know, every, everyone always does, you know, you have the roles, you have your captain, you have your pilot, you have your gun, gunner, your engineer, mm-hmm. etc. Um, what we've done, though, is the players all share their initiative with whoever's in the captain's chair. And each role has essentially uh, somewhere between three to five phrases that they can say that do a special action. And and you only get like that one action. Uh, alternatively, you can use your action to switch roles if you're uh, needing to maybe get an extra gunner on a gunner's seat or maybe someone was away from engineering for a reason and they've got to get back there to you know start manning the shields and what have you. But because combat is limited to one action per player and you're all acting kind of in unison, combat goes very, very, very quickly. So even though it can sometimes feel um, simpler than combat you know, when it's actual player characters, between your ship customizations and how quickly things go, it stays interesting. Um, because it does... That's... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, just because it's going so fast, because, um, you know, as you level up, you can customize your ship to do cooler things and whatnot, that really helps. And then the final thing that kind of uh, makes Dark Matter combat interesting is wizards and sorcerers and whatnot they can learn what's called mega spells now um what mega spells are is they're spells that are uh so big and unstable they can't actually function in a gravitational field because um they would just simply uh collapse in on themselves and do nothing fizzle blah 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 this is this is um a lore reason for a very mechanical thing (laughs) where Mega spells are too strong to use on people. <laughs> so, so I like it. I like it. But yeah, so we we came up with a, a flavor reason for why these spells can be cast in space and affect ships, but not people, uh, with the whole gravitational field thing. But they are spells that are on a scale a hundred times larger than what you would expect spells to be on. So, you know, you're you might like make a, a mirror image of your ship or you might like create an illusion of a uh, asteroid field or you might shoot a giant planetary laser down on you know someone you know it's all sorts of things that you can do with these mega spells that um are really fun and evocative that allow the wizard or the sorcerer or the warlock or whoever to still very much feel like a spellcaster even when you're in a ship but everyone else you know I mean, because if you play a rogue or a fighter, you're kind of signing, intentionally signing up for a simpler experience than the spellcaster. And so that's why the roles outside of, you know, being a, a mage feel very simple. Yeah, that's, I think that's super important. I'm glad you all did that in the sense that you did, you kept it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's one of the things that 5th edition excels at is mm-hmm. um, 
the simplicity to it. Um, and then combat is supposed to go quickly. It doesn't always do that. The system can kind of trip up on itself. Mm-hmm. So being conscientious about that uh, is uh, super cool. And I love me some ship combat. So that's that's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing is let's talk about the Kickstarter. So I know that what is the date that this is going to be launching? All right, so the Kickstarter is going to launch on July 29th, so uh, next Wednesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very Perfect. excited about that date. A little bit nervous, but mostly excited. Uh, the And then, okay, so I know this can kind of, ch- this can these are the kinds of things that they can change, like the day before the Kickstarter, but have you guys... Um, have you guys locked in then on what, how much it's going to cost them to get this starter set? Uh, yeah, we've determined the prices on the Kickstarter, and um, yes, technically it could change, but we're pretty confident that we've got these locked in at the right prices. Um, if you just wanted a digital version of the starter kit, which would be the uh, adventure and the basic rules uh, in a PDF form, be fifteen dollars. You know, super budget conscientious. Um, it's a PDF. We don't want to be charging people too much for that. The physical starter kit itself is thirty dollars. It comes with a lot of exciting stuff, and it you know it's it's a fairly affordable price. I'd like to think um, it is. It comes with a box. All right, <laughs> it comes with a box. It's cool. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, then we have a digital bundle, which comes with the digital starter kit and the uh, dark matter. Uh, PDF as well uh, for $40, um, which gives you a little bit of a discount because right now, if you were just to buy the Dark Matter PDF, that would be $30 flat. Um, so you're getting like $5 off between, you know, in total there. Then we have the Dark Matter um, hardcover, $50. Um, the starter bundle is going to come with the uh, Dark Matter hardcover and the starter kit and all the PDFs, $75. Uh, okay. And then the thing that I'm most excited about is the Tower Vault. This is okay. $155. It comes with, um, you know, everything previously mentioned, you know, and it puts them in a premium slipcase that is themed around the Tower, which is a group of uh, Space Wizard Illuminati. Uh, if you've seen the... Um, uh, gosh, I can't ever remember the name of the movie, uh, like the Bureau or something, where it's Matt Damon and there's people in hats that are pulling the strings. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it may be called the Bureau. It it, it might be. Um, but yeah, so it's like they're basically those people. Because just imagine if if like the conspiracy theories that are out there about the Illuminati and whether or not they exist, blah blah blah. What if they had the ability to stop time? What if they had the ability to cast Modify Memory? What if they uh, could teleport across the, you know, world or universe uh, in the blink of an eye? Um, wizards be scary. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, you, you have to have super premium. Yeah. And now, the slipcase is neat, but it is obviously not worth the jump from uh, $75 to $155. What makes this bundle... So exciting for me is Level Up Dice has partnered with us to make a unique set of hematite dice using the Dark Matter font for the numbering. And then for the 6 on the D6 and uh, the 20 on the D20, it has the uh, faction symbol for the tower on it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, and level up dice does make some really cool dice. So uh, mm-hmm. that is that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, sounds like uh, it's gonna be a awesome Kickstarter. Uh, we will make sure we will include all those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, um, a lot of people know like I am super positive about stuff and I like, talk about how cool stuff is. But I will say this: like the art for this, just go look at the art for this. Um, for this book in this Kickstarter because it really does it gives me very it's very pulpy and has gives me some comic book vibes to it so and it's just really bright and colorful and it's really evocative so it's just it's just you know it's something that you just I want to look at more <laughs> so that's super cool uh Justin before we get out of here then uh is there anything else you want to tell us about dark matter before we go um so my absolute favorite part of Dark Matter, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to see them or not, is is the the mainly it's the one thing I got to include in Dark Matter. It's the okay. Wiz, it's the Wismos. So they are a monster in Dark Matter that uh, they're inch they're inch tall uh, little robots that are self replicating, and they were created by an archfey that looked at technology and was like, "This makes too much sense. Tech- there needs to be some chaos in this." So um, the Wismos go around replicating themselves, pulling pranks, uh, doing things like that. And as they gather up, they get smarter because each individual one is really stupid, but they can communicate so quickly that they become smart in a group. Um, and okay. so a swarm is far more dangerous than just an individual one beyond just the simple fact that it's more of them. Um and a swarm can also do like a Voltron thing where they form up. But since they're tiny, when they form up, they only go into a small creature <laughs> instead of. Um, and then the the best thing about them, though, is like a gray render, they can imprint on a player. And when they imprint on someone, they, you know, they, te- they treat them as their master. But it's kind of very much a, uh, if you've seen Despicable Me, uh, a relationship mm-hmm. between like the minions and Gru, where they try their hardest. They they really want to impress Gru, but they mess up a lot, and <laughs> they they probably cause just as much pain as benefit to uh, the party that they're hanging around. And it's just a lot of fun to watch. I've I've seen a lot of people do some very creative things with them, and uh, they're also just super adorable nice you've made i love it you've made basically kind of like a, a weird space gremlin uh mix up with the oh uh, with the minions it's fantastic so much cool stuff here so uh justin uh could you let us all know where can we plug that social media where can we find out more about yourself and then also a uh, main chain press so uh, if you go to, um, if you're on Twitter, that's where I spend most of my social media energy, uh, you know, at Maychan Press, or if you're looking for me specifically at Justin Forkner, and that's a F-O-R-K-N-E-R. Fantastic. And we will include all that stuff in the show notes. And uh, Justin, uh, once again, thank you uh, for coming on uh, and talking about uh, the Dark Matter starter set. Thanks for having me on. I love talking about this stuff and having the opportunity to share it with more people is just, it's my jam. So I really appreciate it. Uh, No problem. So folks, uh, this has been Tom once again. And don't forget, as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.